right, guys, I guess we'll get started. Welcome to the CrossFit Casco Bay podcast. On today's episode, we got Dr. of Physical Therapy Noah Harrison in the house with us, and we also got Coach Nick, obviously, with us today. We're going to be talking a little bit about mobility and injury prevention and just kind of how can we move better and um, get the most out of our movements in the gym. So I think the the first thing I want to start off with while we got you here, Noah, is... Um, what is the number one thing you think most CrossFitters can improve on their movement? Is there like one specific thing, maybe about the squat or overhead movements that you think that you've seen over the years that we can implement in our next workout? Yeah, I think the one thing that I've noticed consistent with an individual that uh, uh, heavily partakes in CrossFit, um, almost exclusively does CrossFit in their weekly exercise would be that they would benefit from doing exercise where their arms and legs alternate, where they do more opposite arm and leg movement, where they do more, not necessarily just single leg and single arm, but where the uh, movement is oscillating from one side of the body to the other, the weight, the load is oscillating from one side of the body to the other. Because the CrossFit body will get very toned up in a very particular shape due to a lot of barbell and a lot of double arm and double leg power movements, say box jumps, rowing, uh, wall balls, and that will create some very specific um, adaptations, which gives it power in those movements, but limitations um, in other parts of life in a movement. It's interesting that you say that because not that long ago, CrossFit threw in dumbbells into the open and kind of turned the CrossFit world on its head when one year they only had dumbbell movements, which forced people to use you know, a weight in one hand and it kind of threw everybody for a loop. What is something that we can do like on our own to improve those kind of movements? Uh, is there something that we can do like at home? Or like w- what are easy th- ways that you could achieve that? Yeah. Yeah. So like if I, if I want to focus on like single leg, could I like sit down and stand up from a chair with one leg, like almost like a, a yep. scaled pistol? A pistol is great. Um, the challenge where it doesn't quite meet um, what what uh, the person could benefit from is that the leg that is not doing the work is out in front of the body. So they're still locked into the same shape. Okay. You're just on one leg. Okay. So it would be more like a uh, bowler's single leg squat where the back leg would be behind you. That would force the body to contort into um, a more athletic opposite arm and leg movement. Okay. So, so things like that, it would be a lot more lunging in their week. It would be, okay, if you're gonna do some uh, slam ball work, then you would do it where it's more rotational sideways against the wall. You could do side to side ones. That would be extremely helpful. Um, you could do stuff like you get a sledgehammer and you get a tire and you've got to do the chopping motion. You can't do it straight down. You have to do a torsional. Um, Things like that could be very simple. You could do box jumps where you're jumping side to side laterally on it. You could do sled drags where you're pulling laterally. Um, Renegade rows are an easy thing to throw in. Um, There are a lot of things you could do. It kind of sounds like, too, you're just kind of asking people to be a little bit more athletic. Because, like, I feel like CrossFit... There isn't a lot of twisting movements in CrossFit, but if you look at sports that a lot of CrossFitters play, like golf, baseball, any sort of throwing movements, there's a lot of twisting. And so could just simple things like going for hikes, playing 
you know, intramural sports, like doing something like that could also help with injury prevention over time too. It can. Um, when that person goes for a hike, for the love of God, swing your arms. Okay, <laughs> very good, yeah. So don't just hold your backpack and hold on a snack in one hand, backpack in the other. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, uh, if you were to sit outside the gym when there's a running portion of the workout and the weather gets warmer, just watch what happens if you do rowing really hard first and then they go out and run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their arms are kind of just dangling on the sides. a bunch of T-Rexes <laughs> running for the life. You got it. You got it. That's so, awesome. And, and it's, just, it's just the result of just home. That's all it is. And so, you know, you make that face so much it sticks. Um, so it would be aware of, yeah, you know, running, hiking, awesome, but those arms have got to move. Gotcha. So that's on the movement side. What can we do before and after class or just in our daily life to prevent injury when we are doing like barbell movements, you know, gymnastics movements? What's a couple of things you recommend doing, let's say just before class? Uh, Well, before class in terms of prepping the body for the movement, uh, that's... In some ways, it can be unique to the person as to what are the shapes that they have a difficult time getting into. So if it would be a class where there is a lot of overhead, it's a lot of them, then they may be someone that has to prep their body to get into that overhead position. If it's a class where there's a lot of going all the way to the bottom of the squat movement, particularly if it's like a clean front squat where they really have to fold in, if that's someone that has a hard time getting into to that shape, then they can take time to go into those shapes. It's not beneficial to do a lot of static stretching prior to powerful movements. The exceptions would be if you are like a professional athlete where you have to go into a very big range of motion, a dancer or a, uh, a punter, um, uh, hurdler, they may spend some time going into that, but usually we'll see them pulsing into those, those, those ranges. So you would move into a deep squat before, prior to a workout that required a lot of deep squatting. It would be maybe someone would uh, hold themselves with a kettlebell that's not that heavy and just sort of spend time in that deep squat. Their muscles are working, but they're somewhat trying to get their body to settle into it. Same thing with like an overhead. They could do things where they would actively hang with their arms overhead, but they're packing their shoulders. They are engaging their midsection. They're sort of holding the shape. um, for a period of time and letting the body kind of settle into that and wake up in it as opposed to necessarily like trying to get the body to uh, give up in that position prior to doing something powerful. Okay, so you basically just do the movements that you're going to do, maybe hold them a little bit instead of instead of static stretching is basically what you're saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Get it to be awake. Get it to settle in and be awake in that, uh, in that shape. Okay. Uh, you see a lot of the time when before class, there's usually two, two kinds of people warming up or more like three people not doing anything at all, which is, which is what it is. Then you have people static stretching and then you have people, I guess you can say the word like mashing, doing like soft tissue work. Can you tell me the difference in what's actually happening when someone is, let's say like manipulating their muscles via smashing of like their calves versus stretching their calves or or whatnot? What's the difference that's happening? Um, that gets complicated. Um, the simplest thing would be, so when you do a static stretch, 
um, you're, you'll bring a muscle to its end range and the brain will fire hard and maintain some sort of tone that it's decided, no, this is as far as you get to go. And when you hold a static stretch, you are playing hardball with your brain and insisting, no, no, I'd like to go further. And as long as you go firm enough so that it's intense, but not so firm that you rip anything, after about 20, 30 seconds, the brain decides to give up a little and say, oh, you want that. And what it will do is it will turn down the neural juice, the neural output to the muscle. So static stretching gives you more range by deadening the motor output to the muscle temporarily. So it's weaker, but you get more. So that's static stretching. Um, The massage seems to do a lot in terms of blasting the area with this sensory input and it seems to get tone to let go but quite often it doesn't seem to have the the negative outcomes of the muscles weaker so you can get tone to let go uh, through that massage smashing whether you're using a foam roller or a ball or a barbell whatever the heck you're going to use um, it can get tone to let go which may allow for increased range but it doesn't seem to result in the muscle being weaker um, that is if you didn't do anything you shouldn't have. Right. And it does. So it kind of, it kind of sounds like uh, the massaging would be something better for before class. Like if yep. you're going to do like a one arm max squat or like a, like a power clean, something really yep. powerful, like strength movement, yep. you'd probably more opt to like actually smash it beforehand and then be it stretching after. Would you think if, if I'm going to stretch and yeah. it sounds like I don't want to get weaker, I definitely don't yeah. want to get weaker right yeah. before I can do a class. When yeah. is the optimal time to, to stretch? Yeah, exactly. Um, probably at this point, the best advice I have is, is stretch. You should probably enjoy stretching the way that your cat does. <laughs> Meaning, ah, all right, on to the next thing. Right. Just enjoy it. it, it if you can change the word st- stretching to reaching, actively doing it, actively reaching as high as you can or actively sitting into as far as you can. You're going to achieve the results that you want, meaning that I can have bigger movements in a more coordinated way and it feels more free. Um, So that would be you just do that throughout your day if it feels like you need to or there's a range that you want to improve. But the whole hanging out and hanging out hard, that's only for some very certain situations for for certain individuals where, yeah, you those calves have been all you've had for years and you got to teach them to let go while we're teaching other things to, to turn on. But for general population, it would be just move. If it feels good, do it. But you don't have to do it, and you don't have to do it hard. Right. So where's our point of diminishing returns with mobility? Oh, that's a great question (laughs) because more is not better. Um, So some general rules would be uh, easiest one would be touching your toes because that's easy for whoever's listening to visualize. The general rule for a human being is you should be able to touch your toes. There's a general way that it should look. Like there's some people that can touch their toes, but their back doesn't even round. It's flat the whole time. That's a problem. There's some people um, that will get there in an odd way. But if you can't touch your toes, you're going to get a problem. 
because you got to get to the ground. If you can palm the floor, you're going to get a problem because the brain, the system doesn't know when to tone things up to give you some tension to break it so you don't fall on your face or throw your back out. Now, there's some people that are on a spectrum where they have inherited hypermobility. They are not the majority. It's a minority. Uh, We're talking like single digit percentage of the population. Um, they're the people who have like elbows that can hyperextend, knees that can hyperextend. You can take their thumb and bend it back to their wrist and they have general hypermobility through their tissues. But for everyone else, the rule would be you should be able to touch your toes. And if you can palm the floor, we need to tighten that up. Yeah. Yeah. They, they won't be able to pull from the ground hard. They love to sit into it with the load, but they can't pull it away hard. Right. Yeah. So we got the, the mobility down. We're working on mobility. Now, when I'm doing a movement and I'm told by my coach, I'm supposed to be using these muscles, but I don't feel like certain ones are activating. So if we use the squat as an example, I know I'm supposed to be using my glutes in the squat in some capacity, but I feel like I'm only using quads, which yeah. is leading to I'm having like knee pain and issues and my mobility's fine. How do I learn to use muscles that otherwise don't seem to want to activate, especially with all the compound movements that we're doing in CrossFit mm-hmm. every day? Yeah, so so that would be uh, person person dependent as to okay, why am I only feeling it in say my legs with the with the squat? Um, you, probably, what would that what could that individual then clue into? Right, what, like what could how do I, I be them? more aware of like what I'm actually using when I'm doing my because I feel like a lot of us are just thinking about oh, Coach Nick said knees out. I'm yeah. thinking about my cues, yeah. but I think sometimes outside of like the bodybuilding space, a lot of these athletes, it's more of a sport and they're not really thinking about what muscles they could be using. And I I would think that if we were a little bit more mindful of using certain muscles and movements, we can improve. Yeah, so uh, the movement is is reflexive. So it's, especially when it's a, anything very powerful, anything very explosive, you can only uh, hone in on very few things. and so you, what you want is high return on investment. And the number one thing that you could pay attention to when you are upright would be how are you interacting with the ground? And that's going to be through your feet. And so the individual that is probably feeling more in, say, their quads and perhaps their knees, their weight, if we had a force plate underneath them, is going to be more pitched to their toes. And they're not going to have even dispersion of their weight through their through their feet. So ideally what you should see, let's say the person uh, weighs 150 pounds and they clean uh, a hundred pounds off the ground. Once they clean it and then rack it, if we had a little force plane underneath them, we should think that they all of a sudden weigh 250 pounds. I don't know how that happened. And as they are then going up and down through a squat, we should think they're not even moving. We should have no sense of weight shift through the feet. It should be absolutely constant. Now, when we see them, they're moving up and down, but the weight should not shift through the feet at all. And and that's fantastic because that gives someone so, uh, something very clear to focus on, which will uh, dictate those 
reflexive reactions of those those other muscles to kick in. Now there's some people that can't get off of their toes and so they may have to do some weird things to make that happen. But that's the easiest thing for someone to begin to be aware of is feet flat, even weight front to back, even weight in and out. And what that means is heels down, but toes not flying up, big toes down. And if those big toes are up and you're curled onto the outside of your feet, you're locking things up all the way, all the way up to their, I'd say their head. So that's the simplest thing for a person to, to focus on. And the other one would be, uh, sort of use your air with the movement, sync it with the movement. Um, there's times to hold your breath and that's with a very high, uh, load, like 85%, um, effort or above, then, uh, you have to end up holding your air. But other than that, you want to try to exhale with the effort part of the movement, not a full one, some sort of noise. And and your breast, it can only be so big for the movement. Um, but as long as the person is sinking there with the movement and their feet are glued to the ground, that takes care of probably 80% of everything. Yeah, makes it pretty simple. When you're in the air, it's different. You know, those are abs and lats and and things that you're sinking into uh, because you're not on the ground. When you're inverted or you're laying on your back, that's different because your feet aren't on the ground. But upright, simplest thing. Gotcha. Is there uh, one thing we can think about or some advice for people that, uh, for everyone, whether you're just getting started, you've been doing this for five, six, seven years, is when we're doing these exercises and these complicated movements, it's usually under high stress, and meaning like we're uh, we're anabolic, we're, we're breathing really heavily. And it's, that's usually when things start to break down. Is there something that we can think about? Is it is it the breathing maybe that we can think about while our heart rate's really high, while we're breathing really heavy, and let's say we're doing front squats, wall balls, overhead squats or something. Is there like a common thing, regardless of the movement that we can do to stay conscious and move athletically and you know, to prevent injury basically? When you are in that, that panting state, State. Right. Well, that that's somewhat um, at a cellular level. That person is in the uh, hold on to your butts phase of living. So there's only so much you can do. You know, once you go panting, you're you're in this 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 glycolytic state, which is you're just pulling from your reserves, and your your brain thinks that you're running from a saber tooth. So it would be those two things is prioritizing that you are only going as fast. You are only trying to be as powerful as you can lever from the ground or lever from the rower or dig into the situation. So if your focus can then hone in on that, you're going to be successful. As you are panting, if your breath becomes out of sync with the movement, you've lost power. Um, so just from a performance standpoint, these are performance techniques, but it's also what allows you in that moment to then keep going and keep a rhythm going with the movement. So those two things would be what someone would uh, want to dial into with their attention and then uh, adjust how the, the tempo of the movement adjust perhaps the the power that they're trying to achieve so all those two things are clean and even if they dial back for a short period that may give them a moment of recovery that then they feel like they get another wind within that workout and it's not so much checking ego in those moments as it would be uh, how am I going to succeed 
And once you sense that you're losing the ground, you're not going to succeed. And once you sense that your air is getting out of sync with the movement, you're not going to succeed. So it's keeping your car on the road so you can take those corners hard and fast. Um, so, so dialing into those two things and staying in tune with them, that'll teach you how to get there the best that you can. Gotcha. One of the last things I want to talk about before we let you go here is um, tweaks, uh, pains. I don't want to dive into injury. I don't know. I, I'd love to hear what you would define as an injury. What I've always kind of heard is that if you could not train that body part or movement for three consecutive days, that's a, that's a sports injury. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that because obviously you need to go see a doctor, a physical therapist, but I'm having knee pain. I'm having elbow pain. That's consistent. Yeah. Um, it, what is something that we can do actively on our own for like a tweak? Mm-hmm. Um, is it the the mashing, the massaging, or is it identifying what's causing the issue? Yeah, I, you know what you could do is is the self massage is a really simple thing. There's so many um, great tools that they have out there. There's so many great resources that are available um, on the internet for people to look up. Um, and in generally, it's it's fairly safe. If you're massaging a muscle, you're, you're probably not going to hurt yourself. So you, you can um, try to look above and below wherever you're feeling pain. Let's say you have pain with a squat. Uh, look in your quad. Yeah, you're going to find all sorts of weird stuff potentially, but also look in your calves because that is a muscle that also crosses the knee. Um, and you can look all the way up into your hips. Just explore the whole chain and see what you find. And then after some minutes of doing it, see how your squat feels again after. That's a really simple way for people to do what uh, a certain chunk of practitioners would do anyway. Um, and they might find that that's very helpful taking something that seemed like it wasn't good down a notch and they can keep going in, in a good direction. If it keeps coming back, then it's a habit. But if you find that that, that massage really took care of it, great, mm-hmm. good, awesome. What, what do you consider something that's trainable? Like if I, if I have pain, is it when the pain's happening, like, is it during the movement? Cause if I don't feel pain until after the workout's over, or is it if I, every squat I do, my knee hurts or every press I do, my elbow hurts. At, at what point do they need to scale down? And then what are some tweaks or pains that, you know, working through them is okay? I know it's probably very individual, but is there a yeah. general thing? Yeah, there, there is, um, you, you know, when you do, um, this this kind of uh, activity, you get a special relationship to pain. Um, and so the general rule would be it's it's okay if it does not change the quality or the the output of the movement. Once it starts to make you have to change the way you're moving, whether you're limping or you're kind of shifting around it or it feels like it's cutting the power in the movement, that's something that must be respected. Um, But otherwise, if you're feeling it, but you can kind of work through it or you're feeling it after, um, those are things where, all right, you're getting some warnings from your body. You're getting some requests. That's when you try to maybe interpret those warnings and see if you can change it. But you don't have to scale what you're doing until your brain makes you. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of wrap things up, is there any like one thing that if they listen to this podcast, like what's one thing you want them to take away from listening to you for the last about 20 minutes? Um, in terms of probably 
something that we can implement today. Like I just listen to this podcast and listen to it on the way to my class. Like what's yep. something I can implement today to improve my movement, to improve my injury prevention? You know, you could do is pick a movement or two and you can think of it as a position or two and you're, you're going to and and work on that and don't work on it necessarily by trying to stretch yourself out, but work on it by trying to sit into those those positions, those poses in a, in a supported way and, and take some time there. Um, and the body will be able to typically shift and, and adapt. Um, I suppose that would be probably the, the biggest takeaway they could get. Yeah. Awesome. Where can someone find your information? Do you have a website, Instagram, anything yep. like that? Um, I am uh, less active on Instagram than I have been, but you can find me there at Noah Harrison DPT. Um, you could look up my, the LLC associated with me is Portland Integrative Physical Therapy. Um, if you simply just Google Noah Harrison Physical Therapist, I'm pretty easy to find on, on the internet. Um, and if, if anybody has any sort of questions, um, they're very welcome to reach on out, shoot an email. Um, and these are, if, if we run into each other at the classes, I love to just uh, meet people and hear their stories. So don't hesitate to reach out and say hi. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on to this podcast. And guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for us or any topics you want us to cover on the podcast, just let us know at the gym or email us, message us on all our social media platforms or our website. And as always, see you at the gym. Thank you, Noah. Thank you.